0: Mark 3, 2 Timothy 3, and then Mark 3. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you now for the free flow of your word in this place. Thank you, Father, that God, the atmosphere is set for the word of God to flow freely. We pray that as it does, that it'll be glorified among the people. We pray that God, you confirm the word with signs following. We pray, Lord, tonight for divine utterance. That God, you'll think through me things that I have not thought before. Speak through me things that I have not heard before. And I pray that you cause revelation to flow like a mighty river in this place tonight. And that the seed of the word falls upon good ground that'll produce the 30, 60, and we even declare the hundredfold return in our lives. Whatever the word says, well, we take heed what we hear, and we take take heed how we hear tonight, so that we'll get the hundredfold return. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. Second Timothy 3. You have that? Just say amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read verses 1 through 5 just as a refresher. Y'all got it? Okay, it says this. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, do what? Do what? Tell your neighbor, "Turn turn away. Okay, now let's go to Mark 3, please. Mark 3, verses 13 through 15. Mark 3, verses 13 through 15. Hallelujah. Got it? Okay, it reads this way. It says, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach, verse 15, and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. He sent them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and cast out demons. We're talking again on this subject tonight. Don't deny the power. Don't deny the power. You may take your seats in the house of the Lord tonight. Now, I want to remind you where we were on Sunday. We looked at at Matthew 4. I'm going to move kind of quickly media. so please try to keep up with me. Matthew Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23 and 24, where the Bible says Jesus went about all Galilee. Y'all see that? He went about all Galilee teaching. Y'all got to really keep up. Okay, because I'm going to try to move kind of briskly tonight. Okay? He went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching what? I heard three people. Preaching what? It's very important that this is we, you are interactive with me. It's very important that you, when I ask you a question, you all answer. Because if not, you leave room for the devil to take your mind somewhere else. So you have to, you, that's why we do that. I don't do that just because I, I need to hear noise. I do it to help you stay engaged. All right? So he went about all Galilee teaching in, in their synagogues, preaching what again? The gospel of the kingdom. And healing what? And all kinds of among the people. So he went about all Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds, all kinds of diseases among the people. Verse 24, verse 24, then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him, what, all, all, all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and tormented, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, And he healed healed them. And he healed them. So all kinds of sicknesses, all kinds of diseases, all kinds of torments, all kinds of issues, all kinds of predicaments, he healed them. We can really say he healed them all. He says that over in the book of Matthew, another place, he healed them all. So God, Jesus Christ can deal with all kinds of sicknesses. Amen. Cancer doesn't scare him. Diabetes doesn't scare him. Lupus doesn't scare him. HIV doesn't scare him. Hepatitis doesn't scare him. COVID-19 doesn't scare God. Amen. All kinds. All kinds. Hallelujah. So what I want you to see from this here, what I told you on Sunday, that the gospel of the kingdom is powerful. Because he went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And so I told you how when you preach the gospel of the kingdom, there is a power that's attached to it. In fact, if you remember Romans chapter 1, verse 16, when Paul says, for I am not ashamed, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is, not it has, it is the power of God unto salvation, unto them that believe. So if you believe the gospel, there's a power that's attached to it. Do you believe it tonight? Ask your neighbor, do you believe the gospel? See, because if you believe the gospel, there's that power that's in it is released in your life. Hallelujah. So there's power in the gospel, okay? 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20. I'm just reviewing here. Just reviewing it. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20. We look at this on Sunday, right? Where Paul said, Paul said, he said, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Everybody say the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. So the kingdom has power. Thank you, Holy Ghost. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Every kingdom has some level of power. But the Bible says over in Psalm 103 right around verse 19 that the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. So his kingdom has all the power. This world uh, has a few what we call superpowers in it. In fact, the other day one man passed away, Mikhail Gorbachev. Remember he was the Antichrist? (laughs) None of y'all remember that. I remember in the the 80s and 90s when we had Mikhail Gorbachev around because he had that big old blotch on his head. They had all kind of books. I bought with a book about how Mikhail Gorbachev was Antichrist. And, and, you know, I thought 666 was already on the scene and Mark of the Beast and all, you know, all that stuff. And we're about to have to get tattooed and all that stuff. And he just died the other day and, you know, still not. But he was was in control of what we call a superpower. But with all the powers on this earth, there's no power greater than the kingdom of God. Of the increase of his kingdom and of his government and of his peace, there shall be no end. Nobody can stop his kingdom. Y'all got this here. So the kingdom of God is not in word but in what? In power. Let's look at that same verse, please, media team, in the voice translation. The voice translation, I'd like you to read it with me. Ready? Read. The kingdom of God is not a realm of grandiose talk. Watch this. It is a realm. So the kingdom is, don't think about the kingdom as a place we're going to one day. Over when I get over yonder, over in the kingdom of God. Jesus said in Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of God is in you, within you. The kingdom of God is within you. So there's a realm that's in you. As, my, as my, my son, Pastor Caleb, would say, a reality within a reality. So, within the reality of who you are, there's a greater reality called the kingdom of God that is full of power. And he said that kingdom realm that has power is on the inside of you. It's not a realm of grandiose talk, it's a realm of power. It's a realm of power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everything about it is power. Glory to God. Everything about the kingdom of God is light. It's fire. Light and fire are power. Thank you, Lord. Energy sources. So he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask to think according to the energy source working inside you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So there's powers on the inside of us. I'm trying not to get stuck here. I got to get you somewhere tonight. Elder Warren's preaching Sunday. So so let's look at 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. We've been on this here. Let's go back through this list because, you know, these things are happening for us, what we see here. 2 Timothy 3. Sister Maria, it's good to see you tonight. Show love, sure good to see you tonight. She was walking. The devil put his foot out and tripped her. <laughs> We're going to bust him in his face for you. Praise the Lord. Get some big get back. Come out swinging with that healed arm in Jesus' name. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're going to lay hands on that arm tonight anyway. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Now, we, let, we can stop there. Okay? So, we see this list of uh, characteristics of the last times, of the last times, and we look at those. And we, as we talked about over the last week or so, that wow, look, you see all those things happening now. But can I tell you something? They've been here since Adam. Put put verse verse one back on the screen. Verse and verse two. Go back to verse one. Last in the last days, perilous times will come. Now go to verse two. Lovers of themselves. Have there always been lovers of themselves? Lovers of money. Haven't people always been lovers of money? In fact, the love of money is the root of all evil. So that had to be here from the beginning. I'm taking you somewhere. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you something here. So he says, says, A lovers of money, bolsters. Have there always been bolsters? And proud people? And blasphemers? And, and disobedient to parents? That's nothing new. That's not because of TikTok. That's always been around. Unthankful, unholy, keep going. Unloving, unforgiving. That's always been around, Peggy. Slander is right? Without self-control, brutal, disposers of good, keep going. Traitors. Always been traitors. I mean, I mean, Judas was a traitor. Headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Genesis chapters, chapter six. The whole reason the flood came was people love pleasure more than they love God. So that's always been around. But Paul said, knowing that in the last days, perilous time will come, for men will be. So what happens is we think that these things uh, indicate it's the last time. But what makes the last times, what makes makes this perilous, go back to verse 1. In the last days, perilous times will come. What makes perilous times is not those things. Go back to verse 5 now. Let's see why it's perilous times. Because they deny the power of godliness. What makes these perilous times, you see, because in those, in if these are the last days, and we can say the first days, and the middle days, all these things existed, but people still understood the power of God. But now those same problems exist and they deny the power of God. Well, what is the remedy to all those issues? It's the power of God. And if you deny the power of God, you have no remedy to all those issues. So if your children are disobedient, they're gonna still be disobedient because your spanking ain't working. Oh, I'm gonna come on this side because your I mean, come on them, all right. Your spanking ain't working. Pastor, I'm spanking them until I'm tired of spanking them. Stop spanking them. I don't whoop them until I'm tired of whooping them. Stop whooping them. That ain't working. You need the power of God. I'm going to come back over here. See, what I'm th- what makes it perilous is because we've, we've turned off the power. Those issues have always been around. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Remember that woman who found Jesus Christ was chilling out with the disciples hiding in the house? And a woman, a Syrophoenician woman found him and said, hey, please, my my daughter is vexed with a devil. And he said, hey, it's not me for me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, yeah, I know I'm a dog. but, But listen, even the dogs eat the bread from the master's table, the crumbs of the master's table. And he said, for this saying, go your way, your daughter is healed. She's cured from this very same hour. Her daughter, I'm sure, was disobedient, unthankful, unholy, love of pleasure, more than lovers of God. She had all kind of issues, had all kind of problems, but she sought out the power. And because she sought out and found the power, her daughter was delivered. That man in Matthew 17, that man in Mark 9, the same man who his son was vexed with the devil. His son was having all kinds of conniptions and he went to the Jesus' disciples and he said, hey, can, y'all, can you, you help my son? And they couldn't help. Jesus Christ came down off that mountain. Let me slow down. He came down off that mountain and said, what are y'all doing? He said, my, my son, he's got this devil and he's, he, he's trying to kill him and all this kind of stuff. And, he, and the Bible says Jesus cast that devil out of that boy. The boy had all kind of problems. But the power overrode the problems. And what's got our nation, what's got our families, what has our churches in so much trouble is that we got the same problems they always had. But now we want to medicate instead of deliver. Now we're going to give you an IEP and, a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, a portfolio and a folder instead of deliverance. And that's what makes it perilous. That's what makes it dangerous. It's dangerous to be without the power. I said it's dangerous to be without the power. Come on, somebody! I said it's dangerous—not only for a nation, not only for a region, but for you in your house. It's dangerous to live without the power of God. Are y'all getting this here? Hallelujah! So, so, so the church has regressed. The church has devolved into what we could look at here because, knowing in verse five, it says they have a form of. Godliness. So we've been saying that the church has become superficial. We have all the lights, all the camera, all the action, all the smoke machines, all the lasers, all the big TV monitors. And I have no problem with all that kind of stuff. But that can never be, technology cannot replace the power. And churches have traded the power for technology. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. So, we don't want this, what we would call here, form of godliness, which is religion. Everybody say, that's religion. Remember Luke 13, 13 and 14, Luke 13, 13 and 14, that woman who had, who was bowed over 18 years. And Jesus laid his hands on her in verse 13, and he and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. She had this issue 18 years. And then what happens in, in verse 14, the ruler of the synagogue, he got upset, got mad, and with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to, said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, not on the Sabbath. Now, religion has no power. 18 years she'd been there. I thought it's funny though. He said, He said, there are six days on which men ought to work. He called her healing work. Yet these are the same folk, the religious folk, who get caught up in works. But they're caught up in the wrong works. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me. And he then he said, and greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. So there are works that we should be involved in. When the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12 that God gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, he says for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry He's not talking about to equip you to sweep and clean up. We appreciate that. We plant trees and do all those kind of things and give out hot dogs. That's wonderful. But that's not the work he's talking about. The work he's talking about is healing people, delivering people, opening blind eyes, unstopping deaf ears, making the lame walk in the maimed hole and raising the dead. That's the work God's given us to do. I wish I had three more amens. Come on, another Amen. Now give me your loudest amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's the work. This man at least had that right. <laughs> All right now. Jesus called him in that same verse. You go back to back there to, to Luke 13, right around verse 15. He calls him a hypocrite. Hypocrite. So I talked about hypocrites, how they deny the message and the power of the kingdom of God, but we've got to embrace it, okay? So what the devil's been doing is he's been pulling the the body of Christ down to the superficial, back to the form of godliness, but denying the power of that form, the power of that godliness. Y'all got it? Now, but we're not supposed to do that. Look at Luke 24, 49. You don't have to turn. there they'll put it on the screen for you. i got to move quickly. Luke 24, 49, notice what Jesus says here. He says, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Now, who is that? No, who's the promise, I mean? That was confusing. I should have directed that question properly. The promise is the Holy Spirit. So what he's saying, behold, I send the Holy Spirit upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are what? In due with, power. In due with what? Power. power from on high. So notice the Bible says in 2 Timothy three five that what makes the time perilous is that they deny the power. Instead of getting this this power that comes from on high, they've settled in. The, I'm not when I say they because it's not you. Tell, you. tell your neighbor this ain't a, this ain't you. Tell them you got the power. <laughs> what I'm talking about in, in, the, in the religious church is they've, they've settled for a, a pseudo kingdom power. It's, it's the power of their numbers. They think there's power in their numbers, a power in their technology, a power because they know the governor or they know the president, or they know this person, and they think that's power. That's not power. The real power is from on high. Because I don't care if you know the president or the premier of China, that will not cast the devil out. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, y'all know that scripture? I had one yes. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, y'all know that scripture? You can't be Pentecostal and you don't know that scripture. (laughs) Y'all know Acts chapter 1 verse 8? Oh, it's on the screen now, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know that one preacher, yeah. But ye shall receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit of the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. Witnesses. You're gonna be witnesses of my of the resurrection. All right, the Bible says, with great power, the apostles gave witness. That's over in Acts 5, I believe. With great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. With great power, they gave witness. So when you have the power, you are a witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That I may know him in the fellowship of his suffering, in in the power of his resurrection. So that power is there for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now back in 2 Timothy 3 verse 5 though, what's the situation? What makes this time so perilous is that people deny the power. They deny. If I had more time, I'd preach on godliness. I might have to do that another time, preach on godliness. God likeness. But people deny the power. Notice what it says in the end of that verse. And from such people, follow them on Facebook and Twitter and like all their posts. Follow their little vlogs and blogs and what does he say? From such people, when you detect, mm, You faking it. I know y'all. Y'all don't like this here because I'm. I'm, You you scared I'm about to call out your favorite preacher. But when when you detect, mm, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait one minute. He says, "Turn away." So when you watching him, turn away. Unfriend, unfollow, unsubscribe. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm going to talk. This ain't for y'all because y'all are here. But I'm talking to all y'all cousins that still stuck in their old dead church. They've been in the same church for 40 years. And listen, there's no problem being in the same church 40 years if there's power. (laughs) But if you've been there and you know ain't no power in that church, what you gonna keep sitting there for? He says, turn away. Superficial Christianity. Got our little program and our little script. Holy Ghost never have his way. Holy Ghost mess around and try to get on somebody, and the usher's got to put a circle around somebody. Oh, oh, don't, oh, let them lose. They ain't gonna hurt themselves. If it's the Holy Ghost. Listen, our church we grew up in, we had uh PT got them balcony. Got a balcony and these metal poles. Ain't no cushion on the metal poles. Hold her balcony. And I seen a lot of folk, bam, kept Kept right on going. You know why? That was the Holy Ghost. But you could tell if it wasn't the Holy Ghost. Bam. Oh, God. (laughs) 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 Metal poles always win. Now, what's happened in the body of Christ is that the body of Christ has gotten entangled with soul candy and spiritual entertainment. Soul candy. They, people preach things and say things that tickle your fancy. That's so funny. That's so hilarious. Oh, he's such a funny preacher. Oh, they tell such great stories. It's soul candy. Can I tell you, can I tell you how you know you're in a soul candy church? Now, you're not in one. But how you know you're in a soul candy church? If you never go home with any conviction about something. Oh, Lord. If you never feel any little knife in your... uh, If your toes never get stepped on... That's why the Bible says in these in these days people heaping to themselves teachers having itching ears. So that that's why some some people even up in here you when you scan YouTube and you find them people to, you know preach to you. You don't listen to those messages that challenge you. No. You find the ones that agree with how you feel. Hey, you on, people that people that just that they gonna justify. It's soul candy. Make you feel good about you. Make me feel good about me spiritual entertainment spiritual spiritual olympics and and Paul says from such people turn away because there's no power behind that the power is in the gospel can I keep going here hallelujah we're doing good we're doing good all right 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4 and 5 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4 and 5 we got to get away from the spiritual entertainment we got to get away from the deep and wonderful that's not that's not that doesn't have anything attached to it remember we talked about that word superficial that word superficial means that there's no real substance to it. No substance to it. It's cotton candy. Y- y'all, how many of y'all like cotton candy? You know, cotton candy is just, it's just sugar. It's just, it tastes so good, and it's sticky. You ever had it on your mouth or on your lips? You try to pinch it, you got, yeah. And we got a lot of cotton candy church. Hush up, pastor. No, I'm going to say it. We got a lot of cotton candy church. Because that's what people, people's diets have devolved to. The Bible says strong meat belongs to those who have been exercised in righteousness. You, 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 you've, you've grown, have your senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So, so people don't want strong meat. They want just the sugary. And if you get sugary, there's no power behind it. And if there's no power behind it, there's nothing to turn anything around. There's no healing of the sick, no cast out of the devils. Nothing changes. Thank you, Lord. But I thank God for the real power. I thank God that you all have an appetite for the real deal. I'm serious. I thank God you all have an appetite for the real deal. You don't mind the word. This is a word church and a spirit church. I said a word church and a spirit church. You know, there are some churches, they're just word churches. Even word of faith. They're word churches, but they don't have any spirit movement in the church at all. Then there's some churches, they're just spirit churches. ain't no word there. And when there's a spirit church and no word, people get goofy. You ever met any goofy Christians? Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4 and 5. I got to keep moving. I got to keep moving. I got to keep moving. 1 Corinthians 2, 4, 5. Listen to what Paul says here. He says, in my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of, come on, the spirit and of power. So notice that you can have preaching with persuasive words. Thank you, Lord. Uh, hold your finger there. Go back to 2 Timothy 3. Let me just take a, a two-minute detour. Is that all right, Barbara? Okay. Second Timothy two. Go to verse three, verse five again. Having a form of godliness, but doing what? And from such people, do what? Why, Pastor? Verse six. Verse six. Y'all have your eyes on verse six, everybody. Here's why you got to turn away. Because for of this sort are those who creep into the into households. There are creeps in the body of Christ. There are creeps in the body of Christ. They creep in the households and make captives of, King James says, silly women. Now, don't anybody get offended. I'm di- I didn't make this up. This is in the Bible. The Bible calls them silly women. Is that King James? Do you have silly, silly women? Tell your neighbor, there's some silly women in the church. Oh, y'all don't, y'all, there's some silly women in the church. Oh, yeah. Now, I know there's some dizzy dudes, but there's some there's some silly women, too. Get all off base, and now they, they I'm not going to talk about them. Silly women start doing some crazy stuff. Before you know it, you got silly women, they... Ah, 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 with women preaching like men women be a woman baby just be a woman cause that those silly women slip over into lesbianism <nào montage> hush pastor no they slip over into lesbianism that spiritual witchcraft that it gets all into the silly women churches and before you know it, you got a church full of lesbians and little puppy men follow behind them. Y'all quiet on me, but i want to say, it. little puppy men follow behind all the little lesbian women. Uh, Preach, pastor. I think I will. Little sorry yellow-bellied sap sucker men with no backbone whatsoever. Fart- uh, what's wrong with you? Man, get your pants and your drawers back on, man. It's, it's a, it's what happened to you? Well, what happened? Creeps. Creeps. The ones who deny the power creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. That's how you get into all the lesbianism and all the stuff. Various lusts. Verse 7, I got to add verse 7, always learning, always got some new revelation. The Lord opened my eyes and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's the danger of persuasive words. So Paul said, I don't come to you with persuasive words. He says, I come to you in demonstration of the spirit and power. Praise the Lord. I hope I got some good security here tonight. Got the best right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5. Let's keep going. We're tracking good. We're tracking good here. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5. Look look at what Paul says here. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5. For our gospel, our gospel did not come to you in word only. Come on. But also in power and in the Holy Spirit and and much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. So you knew our behavior. We lived properly before you. We lived. That's why it just puzzles me that people who you pastor. This is just me on my soapbox. People who you pastor get all in a morn with people all over in Texas and all over in L.A. and all over in Africa and all over everywhere and don't know anything about how they live till 10 years later when there's a story comes out about them. And the man and woman of God who've been in your face for the last ten years get no respect, no honor, no nothing. He says, You know what kind of men we were among you. Y'all ain't gotta say amen. I brought my, old, my own amen right there on that one. I gotta I got my old man, my own amen. That's the people who get caught up, gullible, silly women. Hallelujah. He said, but our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power. So the gospel, the real gospel has to come with power. I'm trying to get you somewhere here tonight. Look at this. um, I want to pull the Amplified Classic version of that same verse here. Because I want you to understand this. And make sure you record this, even if you don't write it down, record it in your memory bank. A gospel without power is no gospel at all. I need you to record that somewhere. A gospel without power is no gospel at all. Oh, Jesus. That's a heavy statement on the Baker. That's a very heavy statement. That's a statement that needs to be rung out throughout this whole uh, universe, throughout the whole body of Christ, because people are preaching all kinds of gospels, what Paul calls another gospel. But a gospel without power is no gospel at all. What's, what's what what revelation you preach? What's what's your revelation? What's and everybody gotta have their own little special revelation? This is my my revelation lane right here. I don't care what lane you in, that lane, if it don't have any power, it ain't no gospel. I preach the word of faith. I preach prosperity, I preach the kingdom, and there's power attached to it. God confirms the word with signs following in my life in the lives of those who hear it. See if if you you can't sit under this ministry and really listen and actually do what you're hearing and your life don't change, your life don't turn around. It's impossible. If you if you still the same way after five years, ten years, if you still the same way after three months, it's because you ain't really listening and you ain't really doing. Ain't nothing wrong with the messenger, nothing wrong with the message, something wrong with the hearer. Because the hearer is not a doer. But if the hearer will ever become a doer, he'll be blessed in his deeds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can't preach healing and not ever see healing. You can't preach miracles and not ever see miracles well I my, my lane my lane is I, I preach on the apocalypse I preach I preach on the end times well what's the power we're supposed to see out of that fine if you preach on the end times but you, you're, you're, you ought to be getting folks saved miraculously something ought to be happening because I'm not you're just giving us soul candy oh the robots are coming well great robots are coming well where are people getting saved from that? If they ain't getting saved, stop preaching about robots and start preaching about Jesus. Well, the angels come down and have sex with the women. Who cares about that? Are people getting saved? If they ain't getting saved, stop preaching about angels and women having sex and start back preaching on Jesus. I'm looking for somebody who's going to say amen. The simplicity of Christ. The simplicity of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Now watch this. First Thessalonians 1, five in the amplified classic. He says it this way. Let me see back and read that. He says, For our preaching of the glad tidings, the gospel came to you not only in word, but also watch this in its own inherent power. That's what I wanted you to see. That gospel has built in power. It is the power. And if you, somebody's preaching and there's never any power to change anything, they're not preaching the gospel. They're not preaching the gospel. They're preaching, they're preaching Bible stories. They're giving you a book report. However, eloquent it might be just a book report. Kids in school give book reports and nobody gets saved. Nobody gets healed. Nobody gets delivered. But when somebody preaches the gospel, something's got to happen. He says, so there's inherent power in the, Holy, uh, in the gospel. And he says, and in the Holy Spirit and with great conviction. I got to make sure I read that. And with great conviction. I want you to see that. With great conviction. I preach with great conviction. And absolute certainty on our part. Now, that's important. Great conviction and absolute certainty on our part. Great conviction. Now let's get this in this in the same the same verse in the good news translation. Everybody say conviction? Conviction. conviction. Look at this in the good news translation. It says for we brought the good news to you, not with words only, but also with power and, and with convi- com- conviction. complete conviction of its truth. So notice he's saying, I'm preaching with conviction. I hope all you preachers hear me tonight. How many the preachers I got in here? All the classes I don't had, and y'all ain't got your hands up. You better put your hand up before I make you go back through the class again. All y'all preachers put your hand up. Some of y'all still hard-headed. I don't talk to all y'all, man. I didn't do all that teaching of how you sit on some chair. All that training for you to just have a certificate. But when you preach, when you teach, because you know you can teach the gospel too. But you have to teach it and preach it with a complete conviction. Conviction. Because if you don't have any conviction, it will not allow power that's in the word, built into the word without conviction, it'll produce nothing. Bible even talks about over in Hebrews, I believe, chapter 4 about the, the people of Israel who they heard the word of God, but because they did not mix with faith, faith it produced nothing in, him, in them. They had no conviction. So you must mix faith with the word of God. So when you preach it, you must have a complete conviction. Everybody say conviction. Now watch this. Conviction comes by revelation and experience. Say that again. Conviction comes by revelation and experience. Conviction comes by revelation and and experience. So sure, you can have conviction by experience, but you can also have it just by revelation, which means that if God reveals something to you, you know it. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Who do men say that I the son of man am? Some say thou art Elias, some say thou Jeremiah, some say thou art John the Baptist. Well, who do you say I am? Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So Peter had a conviction about who Jesus Christ was because of a revelation. So a revelation will bring you conviction, but what will bring you even more conviction is when you have experience. A man with experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. I'll say it again. A man with experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. You can't talk me out of tithing because I've already got experience. I don't care how many scriptures you find. You can find it in the Greek, in the Hebrew, in the Spanish, in the Latin, in the whatever. I have already a conviction because I already have too much experience. You can't talk me out of tongues because I already have enough experience. You can't talk me out of healing because I already have enough experience. I don't care if you say healing is past. I don't care if you say healings for the old days. No, I'm in 2022 and God has healed my body in the last two weeks. So I know I have experienced God is a healer. And there's power resident in the word of God. And so when I preach that, I preach it with a conviction. And because I have a conviction, it releases a power. Somebody just shout one good time in here. Look at Mark 1, 21 and 22. Mark 1, 21 and 22. I got to keep going here because I want to show you something here real quick. Oh, my God, I got nine minutes to finish this here. It says, then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue. This he is Jesus. He entered the synagogue and taught. And it says, verse 22, and they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as a scribe's. The scribes were the religious bunch who knew the law, strict adherence of the law, but they had no conviction. And so when they taught, they taught, thank you, Holy Ghost. The Bible says the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. The scribes knew the letter of the law but did not know the spirit of the law. The spirit of the law was Jesus. He says, thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm about to preach. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. Every law, every prophecy, every book, it is Jesus. Jesus said, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have life, but they are written of me. So, when he came along and he taught, he taught the same scriptures. He didn't come with different scriptures. He taught the same scriptures that the scribes taught. But when he taught the scriptures, Joe, oh, y'all ain't sinning. I said he taught the same scriptures. You and your cousin can both read Psalm 23. You and your auntie can both teach Psalm 23. But when you teach it, because you have had an encounter with the actual shepherd, when you say the Lord is my shepherd, it's not rote memory, it's not a book report. You're saying it because I know that when I needed some direction, I know when I needed some protection, the Lord. My shepherd, it's a whole different ball game because I have a conviction by revelation and by experience. Sit down, sit down. I got I got seven minutes. I got seven minutes. He taught them as one having authority and not as a scribe everybody about to say authority. Listen to me very very carefully. Catch this, catch this, catch this. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Conviction hits different. Tweet that. Conviction hit different. Post that on your Facebook. Conviction hit different. Y'all watching online? Just just type it in the, in the chat. Conviction hit different. When you got conviction, it sounds different. You ever you ever been talking to somebody and they they're trying to they're talking to you and you ask them, are you trying to convince me or are you trying to convince you? Because you don't even sound like you believe what you're saying. So if you don't sound like you believe what you're saying, how do you expect me to believe what you're saying? So conviction hit different. That's what happened with Jesus. Why? They said his man taught as one having authority because he had a conviction of the reality of the scriptures he was teaching. Because it just hits different. What, what happened? The scribes had a form of godliness but no power. Can I keep going? Go to verse 23. Verse 23. Verse 23. Verse 23. Verse 23. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. Now watch, we about to see something. Now Jesus is teaching about the kingdom. He has conviction. He has authority. He has, a, everybody say Authority. Saying, okay, verse 23, let me go back to it. Go back to verse 23. Now, there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out saying, let us alone. Uh, what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Now, he didn't say anything to them. But demons recognize if you recognize. Y'all miss it over here. Demons recognize if you recognize. But if you don't recognize who you are, they won't recognize who you are. If you don't recognize your authority, they will not recognize your authority. But if you recognize or realize your authority, they have to submit to your authority. They say, "Let us alone what have we to do with you? Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God." But Jesus rebuked them, rebuked him, saying, "Be quiet." Or I think King James might say, "Shut up and come out of Him." And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, see the, see the demon gave one last little hurrah. Demons will always show out again on the way out. He came out of him. Verse 27, verse 27. Then they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? Now watch what they said. What new doctrine, that word doctrine is teaching. Remember, he's taught as one having authority. What new teaching is this? For with authority, he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. They said, what kind of teaching is this? We're used to the scribes' teaching. And that man used to always cut up in the service. That man would always get up and run around the church naked. He tormented them in the church and described just gone teaching, Lord, Thou shalt not steal, and thou shalt not kill, and thou shalt not commit adultery. But no power. And they said, What new doctrine or teaching is this? For with what? Authority. Everybody say authority. All right, I got two minutes, man, to try to round this thing out here. Glory to God. Everybody say authority. So, all right, verse 28, verse 28, verse 28, verse 28, and immediately his fame spread out throughout all the region of Gal- around Galilee. Okay, so conviction, take note of this, conviction releases authority. Conviction releases, or I should say, uh, let me say it this way, conviction activates authority. Conviction activates authority because you have the authority, but if you don't have any conviction about it, it's unactivated in your life. Now, this word authority we've read here is the Greek word exousia. Exousia. Now, I want to give you that word. Look at this authority, exousia. Look at what it means. Look at what it means. Y'all see it? Can we read it together? Let's read it with a good, strong, authoritative voice. Ready, go. The power of authority, influence, and of right, privilege. The power. Come on. Now, I don't know if y'all caught that, so I'm going to ask you, can we borrow a little more time, and let's read it again. Okay, let's go back and read it again. Ready? Read. The power of authority, influence, and of right, privilege. The power of rule or government. Watch what you have here. The power of him whose will and commands must be submitted to by others, and obey some of y'all ain't even reading man you better get this here cuz the devil's going to come at you tonight and you better know what you have specifically come on the power of judicial decisions of authority to manage domestic god has given you the authority to manage domestic affairs Oh, Jesus. Okay, now let me keep going here. Let me keep going. Oh, my, 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 my. Put up Mark 3, verse um, 13 through 15. Mark 3, verse 13 through 15. Because we just saw how Jesus Christ had this authority. He taught with authority. He moved with authority. Now watch this, watch this. Because t- t- tell anybody this is for you. No, they ain't get it. Tell them this is for you. If, if nobody tells you anything, you tell yourself this is for me, this is for me. Now look at this, because this is, this is for you right here. Mark 13. 3:13 to 15. Ready it says, and he went up on the mountain and called to himself to him those he himself wanted and they came to him. Then he appointed 12 that they might what? Be with him, Be with him and that he might send them out to preach. to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out wow. demons. Praise God. So you have power. Now, this power, however, is not the same power we've been reading about earlier about dunamis. This power is exousia. You look it up for yourself. It's exousia. So we can really translate this word and to have authority. Now, you shall receive power at uh, dunamis when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. But when God appoints you, he not only gives you power, uh, dunamis, but he gives you authority. Exousia. Uh, let me see if I can help you with this. Okay, okay. Some of you, some of you like the speed. You like the speed when you drive, right? Some of y'all like the speed. Okay. If a police officer, a police officer pulls you over, right? He pulls you over not not by a gun. He pulls you over with his lights. Now, lights cannot hurt you. Oh, come on this side. Lights cannot hurt you. Lights will not kill you. But lights represent authority. Now, he gets out of the car, come taps on the back of your car. I found out why they do that. Tap on the back of your car. And the fingerprints, I found out. I was like, why they tap on the back of your car? So they tap on the back of the car, they walk to the, and they say, man, have your license and uh, registration, all that kind of stuff. I don't want to. No, (laughs) wait. You see this badge? The badge represents what? Authority. Authority. Now you decide that you want to act up. You ain't got no right to be pulling me over. You just all racist. They ain't racist. They just doing their job. Now you decide you want to cut up too much they going to pull out, beside that authority, they're going to pull out power. Yeah. So when they're walking around Kirkland, they have authority and power. You have authority and power. Yeah. Ain't nothing the devil can do against folk who know they have authority and power. But he won't recognize it if you don't recognize it. So he said to have power, that word power is, is authority. All right, let me let me close out here. Let me close out here. Okay. Okay, Matthew 8, 16. Matthew 8, 16. Okay. Thank you, media. When evening had come, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. He cast out the spirits with a word. Now, you got to catch this because when I when I look at this, Deke, this challenged me. Because we've been arguing with devils and come on out, Come on out of here. You devil, lying devil, come on out of here. We'll take hours and hours with a devil. Hours and hours casting out demons out of one person. Oh, Lord, what's your name and where you from and what you trying to do and all that. We don't all, ask all these questions. <laughs> but authority. See, because we've recognized our power but not recognize our Authority. So I'm preaching, I don't, don't know how to power, but this is a, du- a double entendre here. I'm talking about power, meaning the dunamis, but also power, meaning the authority. I'm showing you both sides of this here. So what we do is we've been, I, I'm, I'm telling you what I've been doing. So when I see this, baker, I'm like, man, I got I to gotta step up my, my game here because I've been spending too much time with demons. I mean, we get them out, but that took too long. It says he casts out the spirits with a word, a word, a word. One word. Go. And keep on moving. Tell your neighbor, that's the authority you have. You're in Jesus. He's in you. That's the authority you have. Now, remember, I'm talking about conviction. I'm going to go one last place here. Can y'all handle this here? Okay, one last place, one last place. Okay, because what happened, remember now, our whole premise is that people have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. What happens when people deny the power of godliness, and they have this form of power of godliness, and they have this form of godliness, they are, they are um, relegated to being, watch this, echoes. And the body of Christ is full of echoes. Hey, 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 hey. Which an echo is hollow. An echo is not the original sound. An echo has no substance. An echo is just a reflection of a previously made sound. And so, what what happened is, everybody in the church nowadays, everybody, we going we gonna we, we want to step out and be original. And they're not really being original. They're just Bad copies of the a bad original. Yeah, that's like photocopying a bad picture, or Xeroxing for some of your older people. What's the problem with echoes, pastors? Echoes have no conviction, nor any authority. Echoes have no conviction because it's not their personal revelation; it's not their personal experience. What's an echo? Webster defines echo as a repetition or imitation of another, one who closely imitates or repeats another's words, ideas, or acts. And if you're only going to be an echo, watch this, and you can be an echo of your pastor. But God didn't mean for you to become an echo of your pastor. He meant for you to be an original with your own connection to God. My job is only to train you to equip you for the work of the ministry. But you got to have your own revelation and you got to have your own conviction. Somebody holler, I'm no echo. echo. Now what happens when you're an echo? Let me show you one last story. Acts 19. I'll show you what happens to echoes. Acts 19, 11 through 16. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought uh, from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. That's an original. That's, original. That's a man with conviction and uh, with an authority, revelation and experience. You got it? Now, watch the echoes, Sister Gloria. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves. To call Y'all know this story, don't you? Yeah. To call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. That's what echoes do. They don't have their, their own conviction. They don't have their own revelation. So they can only preach what somebody else preaches and try to copy somebody else's uh, way they do things. Verse 14, let me keep going. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a, a Jewish priest, a Jewish chief priest, Who did so? They're doing this. They're echoes. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Come on. And Paul, I know. But who are you? See, I don't know you because you're just an echo. You don't have your own conviction. You don't have your own revelation. You don't have your own experience. So I don't recognize your authority. Verse 16. Here's what happened. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. What's that? That's when you're an echo. You don't have your own conviction. You don't have your own revelation. You come up against the devil. You're going to get your tail whooped. But if you know who you are, if you know whose you are, if you know what you have, if you have your own revelation of Jesus Christ, if you have your own experience, and what I mean by experience is if you've had your own encounter with Jesus, not just came to church and gave your hand to a man, but you had an actual encounter with Jesus Christ for yourself, it will release in you a, an authority and a power that will cause you to walk, boy, and, boy, when you walk with that authority and power, you can you you govern, you manage domestic affairs. You see something wrong, you change it. You see something out of place, you change it. Because you know what you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Tell your neighbor, don't deny the power. Receive it. receive it. Walk in it. Walk in Be convinced it. of it. Get your own revelation. Get your own experience. And then start walking it out in Jesus' name. Do y'all receive that tonight? Do y'all receive that? Can you give God your loudest hallelujah right now? Come on, get on your feet. Get on your feet and give God praise for the word of God tonight. Come on. Lift those voices you have heard from the Lord tonight. You've heard from heaven tonight. Come on, lift those voices! Praise Him! Praise Him! Praise Him! Praise Him! Praise Him! Praise Him! Come on, give Him thanks! Give Him thanks! Give Him thanks! Give Him thanks! They give Him thanks tonight. You've heard from heaven. We have heard from heaven tonight. Revelation and wisdom from heaven tonight. And the power of that word is hitting your life right now. That word is hitting your spirit right now. The power of this word is hitting your soul right now. The power of this word is hitting your body right now. The power of this word is affecting change in you right now. The kingdom is not in word, but it's in power. And the kingdom is in We say it all the time. Powerful.